Hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahee, on the team. With us right now, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee. Connor, good morning. How are you? Fine, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing well. Do you have a, uh, well, how great of a Thanksgiving you had because you were telling us you're always busy, you're traveling, things like that. But did you enjoy any kind of holiday festivities? Um, I mean, we went out to dinner in Minneapolis on Thursday night. Uh, small group of us of the of the traveling party had a nice nice meal. So uh, yeah, it was uh, with uh, part of the the work family, I guess is 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 what we had because we uh, we play Friday, come back and play Saturday. Have the Broncos at home versus the Browns on Sunday, and then the Avs play the Lightning on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> You had a busy weekend, yeah, doing the, doing yeah, the PA for the Broncos, yeah. and then, of course, Monday with the, the rematch with the Lightning from the Stanley Cup Final, and uh, for everybody that was uh, you know hand-wringing and, oh, uh, this Avalanche team's got, got some problems this year, things have not come together the way they were supposed to, that might have been true for a little bit, but things change, and boy, the Avalanche special teams have been truly special, Brian O'Hanson scores two goals. Georgie's great in that 4-1 victory against the Lightning at Ball Arena on Monday. It was uh, uh, another impressive effort for the Avalanche who have uh, been able to uh, win seven out of their last eight. Power play goal in all uh, eight games, by the way. Yeah, and, and probably should have been eight out of eight. It, the, the Nashville game is the, the outlier there. But still, it, it, if you give me some of the best NHL teams of all time, you tell me in a span of eight games you win seven of them, yes. Absolutely, I am in, and that is... That is sort of the mark of where the Avalanche are. I mean, as much as we've talked about it, they were seven and three in their first ten games, uh, eight and three in their last eleven. So that's that's consistency for you, and that's what the coaching staff want, and that that's what gets you uh, into a solid playoff position um, come April. So yeah, I mean, the the everything has been trending better. <clears throat> you give up uh, just four goals total in your last three games, and. And uh, that is a, a far cry from where we were a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, th- things are definitely better. And, and holding that lightning power play to no goals uh, after they scored four power play goals and five opportunities versus Carolina back on Friday uh, is a big, big accomplishment. So, uh, adds eight and two on home ice as well, one of the best home teams in the NHL. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're in a good spot right now. And I think after that loss to Nashville, where they gave up the two very late goals to to lose to the, the Predators, that the Jared Bednar didn't didn't say a lot to the guys. There wasn't a, any big speech afterward about it. He thought for the most part they played pretty well on the road, yeah. with the exception that last you know sixty to thirty seconds of that game uh, against Nashville. And I like what Nathan McKinnon said. He goes, "I think when when bad teams stay bad, it's because they dwell on things. You know, sometimes because mm. they're just not very yeah. talented. But I think sometimes." If you have talent, but things aren't going right, and you start focusing on okay, why you know why is the power play not clicking, and, and you know you start focusing on things. I think Nate's right about that. I, I I think that when you teams do that, they start to it's paralysis by analysis kind of thing. Would you, and I think yeah. he's right about that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and we we joke about it all the time, but Ted Lasso's right. You got to be a goldfish, you know, and uh, and have a, a very short memory. Um, about the bad stuff in particular. Um, <clears throat> it's good to remember your your good habits and to cultivate those good habits, which grow into the winning streaks of seven of eight and eight of nine and nine of ten. 
and that puts you in in the driver's seat that you want to be in. So um, it, it's a it's a difference learning from your mistakes and lingering on them. And I, I think that the Avalanche have been in enough situations over the years. If you go back to maybe the the Vegas series in the second round, uh, if if maybe. Dallas in the second round uh, a year before that you you learn to handle losses differently and you learn to learn instead of learning to dwell and that's what makes good teams great and I, and I think part of this turnaround too has been the second line Tatar Johansson of course yep. had the two goals the other night drew in that they played much better together they're starting to, to to figure some things out and that's been a big part of this this better play for the avalanche Sure, yeah. Tatar doesn't have any goals yet, but, I mean, he's got eight helpers. And Jonathan Druan has more goals already this season than he did all of last year. So, uh, and Ryan Johansson is uh, he's, uh, making his bid for the, for the Cy Young. He's got nine goals and one assist. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, uh, you need your second line to produce always. And depth has really shown up for this team. And, again, it goes back to what we have talked about over the past calendar year and beyond is that for the Avalanche really uh, a deep team after they won the Cup. And the answer has turned back to yes, absolutely, because you're getting production from all four lines. And in in a circumstance where you don't have one of your top forwards in Arturi Lekkanen, the Avalanche has filled in great defensively and offensively. So that second line is a big key to that. Um, with Johansson leading the charge, and, and frankly, Jonathan Druan showing um, his comfort level increasing uh, a whole lot over the past probably four or five games, and, and that helps a ton as well. We're talking with a uh, voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee, on the Jim Davis Show. Connor, Jared Bednar gave an update recently and said that Gabriel Landeskog, who's still not going to play for the rest of the year, but he will be, it sounds like he will be with the team coming up here in the month of December what's kind of your gauge from that, and what do you think that's going to kind of look like, Gabe Landeskog not being on the ice but still kind of being with the team here going forward this season? Well, I, I know Gabe wants to walk that fine line of, hey, look, I, I want to leave <clears throat> a lot of the, the the leadership things to guys who are actually playing. And he doesn't have uh, the pride to, to say that, okay, well, I'm the only one who can lead this hockey team, uh, which is what makes him a great captain, frankly. Um, now, it, it, towards the end of last year, uh, we had a long trip to California. We played the Sharks twice with a day off in between at LA, at Anaheim. Gabe came along on the trip. Josh Manson came along on the trip. Um, knowing that they could, at that point, skate and, and train a little bit, but they weren't going to play. But the, the main mission of that was to have some camaraderie and, and get everybody together. And I, I think that can go a long way. And even though he's not out on the ice, to have him just around it is a good thing because he has this uncanny ability to keep it light at the same time as, as he can give you life advice. So um, if he's around the team, that, that's that's nothing but a positive. But I think the group has learned the balance of, okay, well, we're not expecting him to come back. We know that now, um, at least for the regular season, so we can we can proceed with business as usual. But it, it's just a, a nice surprise and a nice treat uh, to have 92 around the locker room. 
Avalanche Radio Voice, Connor McGahey with us today on the Team Sports Network. And I think part of this recent turnaround as well, another area we need to talk about has been the play of Alexander Georgiev with the 37 saves the other night against uh, Tampa Bay, Connor. And kind of like in a lot of areas, when the Avs were in that uh, bit of a, you know, off in the ditch a little bit, uh, he was part of that. But uh, over the last seven games, uh, 6-1-0, 0.918 uh, save percentage, What's been the difference for Georgie as of late in, in this recent kind of uh, turnaround, seeing more of the Alexander Georgiev that we saw from last season? I mean, a couple of small, you know, detailed things of, as far as rebounds and being able to make the big save. I mean, there was a couple of times where Jared Benar says, well, we would have liked to have had uh, that one from our goaltender because a big save can go a long way um, in, in, in the – term of a of a period of a couple of shifts and and they weren't really getting the big save i think the big overall reason is that the team is better defensively in front and that's always a symbiotic relationship good goaltending flourishes from better defending in front and and vice versa you know when your goaltender is playing good everyone's not trying to play goalie right so if you're able to actually keep your defensive structure because you know the puck is going to get stopped behind and then that leads to blocking shots and getting sticks in passing lanes and being able to clear out rebounds so it's funny how how much they they go together so the team plays better defensively the goaltender plays better and and then the team benefits from that big save before so i think they've started to get both of those things really over the past uh, again seven games which is why they've won seven of eight. And that's why they lead the Central Division right now over Dallas and Winnipeg. Uh, of course, uh, the Avs at Arizona tomorrow night for that one. Before we let you go, though, Connor, we got to ask you very quickly a... Pop quiz, hot shot. All right, a little, little pop quiz for you today. We're talking about okay. bad, bad band names because our buddy uh, uh, Buckeye oh boy. boy went to see Exodus last night, which is not a terrible <laughs> name, but it made us start thinking about bad band names. Do you have a okay. bad band name? that uh, immediately comes to mind for you fog hat yeah what is that exactly what is a fog i don't hat? know i just wonder like hey guys you know i'd love to love to jam with you guys really good time but we do need a band name like anyone have any ideas uh i don't know fog hat a all fog, right great sounds good hat. let's go with that one like, Look, where does that come from you know, i'll have to look that up because i've i've wondered that for a long time i have no idea what that means a horrible band name fog hat <laughs> They played here uh, in our little uh, neck of the woods, what, two, three years ago, I think? Something like that? I, sure. I, I know they played here. I did not see them, so there we go. Oh, yeah, but that's the first one that comes to mind. That's, uh, that's yeah. not great, I have to admit. That, that's a bad yeah. one, man. Well, yeah, I, I was in a band once upon a time called the Alcatraz Swim Team. So that's, uh, I think that's a little bit better. So I like that name. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's solid. What did you play in that? What did you play in that band? Um, saxophone, violin, and drums. We sort of had a, we depending on the song, we switched around, and it was it was a good time. It's fun. The multi-talented man that you are. I'm not the least bit oh, surprised. Shucks. Connor, oh, shucks. take see it easy, way. man. Take have a good rest of your day, Connor. You too, boys. See you. All right, see you. All right, Connor McGahey, multi-talented, multi-talented.